I'm going to do a little bit of small print with you being a lawyer, if you don't mind, right? I didn't want to talk, and I know uh, it's not the goal to talk about products, but if I do, you know, past performance isn't indicative of future results. Guarantees are only, you know, based on the claims paying ability of the carriers, all those sort of things, right? Appreciate the small print. Right, right. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble, right? Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Brian O'Leary of Semper Financial Group. Brian is a financial advisor in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, how are you? Brian, financial advisor, Bridgewater, Massachusetts, Semper Financial. Help me understand the name. Semper Financial Group. So uh, I am a Marine. As they say, once a Marine, always a Marine. I'm fortunate enough, actually, to have another one of my children's in the Marine Corps, but uh, we have an oldest that's in the Navy. Um, he, he gets uh, he gets kind of kind of abused at Thanksgiving, but it's a good thing. Um, but Semper Financial is a, a little bit of play on words on Semper Fi or Semper Fidelis, which is uh, always faithful. That's kind of the Marine Corps motto. So mine, uh, always being faithful to my clients. I figured it would be a nice little uh, nice little spin, um, and uh, and that's where we get the name from. Well, thank you for your service, and thank you for your son's service. Thank you for your support. It's, uh, it's important to have the support. How do you feel when people say that to you? Thank you for your service. It's actually, I, I think for most people, it's a little embarrassing. It's almost like, you, you know, it, it, I didn't do it for thanks. You didn't do it for the 10% discount over at Home Depot. I mean, it's all nice. Um, and you know that it's meant with, uh, you know, respect for a lot of people. But for some people, it's just the words. And, and uh, but I think that most people, um, you know, most, a lot of the vets are, are, are kind of embarrassed when people say they don't know how to respond to it in all honesty. I've always found the best is thank you for your support. Um, if people are genuine about it, they take it as a genuine compliment. And if not, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of just a common response. So can you tell if someone's being genuine or if they're simply saying it? I think you can. Um, I think it comes out like even like I said, like Home Depot, I never use that veteran's discount. The only time you use the veteran's discount is when your wife's with you. <laughs> so she'll say, can we get, can he, she pulls my ID out more than I do. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, you, there's people that you can say, oh, thank you so much for your support. I have a nephew in or I have a brother in or I have something like that. And then, you know, some people is just kind of like, well, thank you for your support. And it's, you know, and I say the same thing. I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. And I, I say that same, you know, thank you for your support all the time. Um, and again, it, I kind of match it to the, you know, the, the, the genuineness of the, uh, of the person giving it probably, but yeah, yeah, you can, you can, you can generally tell whether somebody truly appreciates it or, or it's just a, you know, it's a gimmick, it's a word, but yeah. And I shouldn't even say that Mark, I guess everybody means it. It's just, you know, am I, am I saying it? Cause it's the 40th time I said it today. Or am I saying it because I because I truly appreciate your service, right? Or is it uh, is it the saying du jour, right? Right, right. It could certainly, yeah. It's always been interesting to me because you know the the soldiers, the vets, they're usually very humble about their service, and I could see the awkwardness when you say it. So then it makes the 
the uh, person delivering it somewhat awkward too. So it's uh, it's really interesting, and I'm I'm glad we've known each other long enough that uh, we can have this this conversation because it is an interesting an interesting um, conversation. It is, um, yeah. So let's let's talk about it. Obviously, this is something that is near and dear to you. You've named your company after it. Tell me a little bit about your company. So what we do, I, I've been, um, and again, we've known each other, like you said, for a long, long time. Um, I got into financial services, this end of it, as you know, I was in the mortgage business banking for many years. Um, and in 2010, I got into financial services on this side of the desk. The transition here was actually, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a great story too, but um, my mom and dad, um, my dad worked for 25 years for Budweiser, um, you know, did a, did a great job for those guys, uh, walked out of there with a little bit of an early buyout, had about $350,000 to his name. He gave it to uh, a money manager. Um, the money manager, it's funny, I have the sheet laying around here, but the money manager had uh, shown them how that money would last him for the rest of his life. He'd be able to take out $35,000 a year, Mark, on $350,000. And that money would last him for the rest of his life and showed him in, you know, spreadsheets and all this sort of thing, how it would last. And when I say the rest of his life up until he was 87 years of age, um, 2008 hit, we all know how that went. The unfortunate part is my father, my father retired in what is quite possibly the worst 12 year stretch ever in the history of finance. So he, he had left, um, right there in the, uh, in the beginning of the, uh, the, 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 the late 90s. And he hit all of that. So at the end of 2008, um, he, was, uh, he was out of money, basically. He had about $60,000 to his name. Um, and my wife and I built an in-law onto our house. Um, as you know, in that mortgage industry, you get calls from the financial service industry two, three times a week from recruiters because it's a very transferable skill. It's consultative type of process. It's meeting people, it's networking, that sort of thing. So I said, you know what, this is, this is obscene. Uh, let me see what it takes to, to be on that side of the desk and help people before they have those problems, um, which is really what brought me into the financial services world. I started with Nylife Securities, which is kind of securities offshoot of New York Life, um, um, with Eagle Strategies now, which is more of a, uh, the, the investment advisory end, but still under that New York Life umbrella. I was a partner at New York Life for a few years. Um, and then back five years ago, I decided to go on my own and open um, Semper Financial Group um, just to offer, um, you know, full-scale services and all the different things that I do. So is your ideal client your father? It is. Yeah, it's somebody who's either getting into or gotten into retirement. It's, uh, you know, um, I have... Um, I work with a lot of vets, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, you know, um, but that doesn't mean they're, you know, 20 year vets it could be a four year vet. And, you know, he went out into the, to the world, started a business or went through business. And, and now he's getting into his retirement and he's just thinking to himself, hey, you know what, um, am I OK? Right. It, it's it, some people are. And, and if they are, I'm, I may be a little too honest <laughs> with, with people, as you know, I'm a pretty straight shooter. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they want, uh, that kind of second opinion that, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to be okay. And, and for some people, there's still some time to correct it. Um, but I, I work on a, 
you know, I work on kind of a philosophy that, uh, that, that it's more about strategies than it is about, you know, products. Um, as long as the products fit the strategy that we're looking at, everybody's okay. So what's the biggest fear that people will run out of money? Yeah, that is right. So, so what we don't want to do is spend our entire life working and then uh, develop this nest egg, as a lot of people call it, and then run out of that. Uh, people live longer now, uh, generally, than we did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, the, you know, again, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into, you know, products specifically, but you know, there's, there's adages of 4% rules and all these different things that you hear that, that were applicable and did work 20 years ago, but probably don't work in today's market with the bonds being so low and fixed rates being so low and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, again, I have a, a strategy that I use to where we want to make sure that the, the, the core money that's needed, so your food, your clothing, your shelter, your insurances, that sort of thing, things that if you're not paying them, life gets real bad real fast for you. Uh, those core, that core income needs to be protected, you know, in, in kind of guarantees, right? We need to know that that's coming in each month. So what's guaranteed? You have uh, Social Security, you have pensions, and you have these things called guaranteed income annuities. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of small print with you being a lawyer, if you don't mind, right? I didn't want to talk, and I know uh, it's not the goal to talk about products, but if I do, you know, past performance isn't indicative of future results. Guarantees are only, you know, based on the claims paying ability of the carriers, all those sort of things, right? Appreciate the small print. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, right? Um, but the, uh, the, the, the guaranteed income annuity is you give a, a, a company a, a sum of money and then they give you back a guaranteed income for the, for the rest of your life is, is a guaranteed income annuity. Um, there's a lot of different ones. They're very confusing, um, you know, because there are so many different types of annuities. But those guaranteed income annuities, Social Security and pensions give you that guaranteed income each month. Then uh, once we take care of the core expenses, then we start talking about kind of luxury, right? So a lot of my clients, that's better. So better food, better clothing, better housing. Um, but it's also trips and vacations. It's gifts for kids and grandkids and all that sort of stuff. And then ultimately, we want to be able to leave that money to the people that we love. So whether that be, you know, the three places you can give it, right? You can give it to the people that you love. Uh, you can give it to 320 million Americans you never met before in the form of taxes, or you can give it to charities. And if you give it to charities, everybody loves you. They don't even tax you on it. So we try to maximize the amount that our clients give to the people they love and the charities and minimize the amount they give to the, to the taxes. And we do that through different types of estate planning and, and, and life insurance and that sort of thing. So a lot of your strategies is, is it's, it's a budget coach, right? I mean, you're helping them figure out what they need and how to get there. In essence, yeah. So it all starts with a budget, right? What's important? What do I need to do? And when I say core expenses, Mark, I mean, I'm not, we're, we're living a good life. We're not eating tuna out of the can, you know, on a, on a fold out table, right? It's just maybe on our anniversary, instead of going to Del Fresco's, we're buying a steak and throwing it on the grill, right? So we're not, we're not certainly eating cat food. It's good living, right? It's, it's my core expenses are covering the way I picture my retirement. Um, and then those discretionary or luxury expenses are more of the, the icing on the cake. And, and if you have that in the market, and again, past performances and indicative of future results, right? But if you have it in the market and the market's having a good year, 
then maybe you take a trip. Um, you know, maybe you do something extra. Maybe you give a gift to an, a, a grandchild or a child. Um, if the market's not doing well, then hey, we, we, we're still living life. We're still being able to pay the bills and, you know, living, living fairly comfortable. Um, but by doing those different strategies, that's, that's how we make sure that people don't end up like mom and dad. Um, and as you know, they live in an in-law in my house now, which is, which is where ultimately I ended up. Um, so it's, uh, you know, they, that's not where I think they wanted to be, um, you know, at this point in their lives, they wanted to be, be able to be giving to their children as opposed to being receiving from their children. So, so what, what can people do differently that would allow them to be in a better position going forward? Wow. So it, it starts early, right? Uh, we were talking about this the other day that the, uh, you know, on the front page of my website is, uh, is, is one of my favorite expressions, which is, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, second best times today. Yeah. Um, so, so it's one of those things that if, if we had time, time's the biggest thing. Um, so, so, you know, the earlier we can catch people again, I'm an RICP a retirement income certified professionals. And that really means that, that it's all about kind of that, that retirement planning. Um, however, retirement planning starts at 18. Like all of my three kids had Roth IRAs when they were 18. There were my two older ones in the military are doing the max contribution to the TSP, um, the thrift savings plan, the government, uh, you know, matches a part of that. Um, you know, the youngest one is, 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 is contributing to his Roth every year. He's 19. Um, they have good credit. They, you know, they, they got credit cards as soon as they turned 18. Um, you know, it's about starting as early as you can. And ultimately, we in, in, in American, again, this is my thought, not a, not a, you know, publication, but as Americans, we get taught how to budget the wrong way. Um, we get taught that I make X amount of money, right? I spend X amount of money, so I have this much to put away. And in reality, we should be looking at it very young as I want to retire with this amount of money. So I need to put away this amount of money, and then I have this to spend, right? So a lot of times what will happen is kids get out of school or they, they, they get out of the military or something and they start spending their money, right? So they get a nice apartment and they get a nice car and they finance a car and they do this and they do that. Um, you know, and, and then whatever they have remaining is what they put away to the budget. If instead of buying the $300 a month car, we said, no, I can take, you know, 150 of that, put it away and lease a $150 car, uh, you know, now have that money working for you earlier. So flip it on its head. Yeah, we got We got to figure out how much we want when we retire. I mean, you could, you know, you, you, your, your, your hypothetical story, right? If you tell me you want to retire at 40, you're making 60 grand a year and you're putting away 50 of it and you're living at home until you're 30 or you're living with a bunch of friends in a room, uh, you know, a, a three bedroom in, in, in apartment and, and you're saving your money, you're driving an older car and you're putting everything you possibly can away. Well, that accumulates, you know, in, in, in life through time. So that compounding interest is like the, the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> it's, it's the quicker you get it in and the quicker you get it compounding, um, you know, that's, that's really where it, uh, where it, where it hits. So when you're focusing on clients and their retirement, ideally, when do you want to be talking to them? As early as possible. Um, I, I know that's a very vague answer, but it is, it, it's as early as possible when people are getting ready to retire. Um, he, here's the funny part, even me, 
I tell my clients to, 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 if somebody calls you or somebody you hear of somebody that does a great job, have them, have them give it the smell test, right? Um, it never hurts to have a second opinion. Um, you know, my, my doc, if, if I walk out of my doctor's office and he says to me, yeah, Brian, you look great. Um, I'm not going to go, hold on a second. Let, let me get a second opinion. But if he says, Brian, you need a knee replacement, I'm going to say, okay, let me talk to a couple of other people, right? So if we think we're doing well, but the only reason why we think we're doing well is because our advisor tells us we're doing well, <laughs> well, you may want to have a second look at that. And, and that should happen a good five to 10 years before you get into retirement. Uh, just again, somebody put it to the smell test. Does it, does it smell right? Does it look good to me too? Um, and then, you know, when you're in retirement, there's really, there's, again, 20 years ago was the best time. It, it, today is the second best time. So you should always have it either reviewed um, or, you know, if you, if you have a good advisor, have them kind of plot it out for you again. So it makes sense. It's like a lot of things in life that we ignore what makes sense to us to look for the better story. Um, but, but if you look at the numbers, does it, does it make sense? Does it, does it look like it works? How often should folks be looking at what they're doing and adjusting? Yeah, so I, I talk to my clients at a minimum of, of once a year. Um, so as soon as we get it in, it's, it's kind of on the tickle card, for lack of a better word. You know, nowadays it's all Outlook, but <laughs> to, to let's, uh, let's try and touch base again, you know, within the next 12 months. Um, but if there's a market correction, something's going on, I'm, I'm in touch with my clients, letting them know, hey, listen, the strategies that we have in place, are insulating you from from a lot of this right we don't this isn't we, we expected this to happen um you know it does happen um but we're we're, we're insulated uh at least partially if not wholly by by the uh by the strategies that we have in place you know some might say that the financial advisor is more important than the doctor right the the financial health uh of the person is so vastly important that's a huge responsibility how do you how do you handle that yeah, it's it is, and it's a very uh, very important strat uh, or responsibility. I mean, again, to me, it's near and dear because I saw it happen, and I saw it happen to the two people that I, I care the most about in the world, other than obviously my wife and my children. Um, so uh, you know, it, it's important to me. Um, I can't overstate how, how important it is, and you know, it's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, I do have the compliance departments from the different companies that I work with overview those things. Um, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, we're almost, we're, we're all human beings. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it because it sounds like an interview where you say, no, I've never made a mistake. But, you know, to date, I, I haven't had, you know, anything, uh, anybody come back to where it did fall short of where we said it was going to be. And that's because there's other people checking my math. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, nobody's, again, we're human. Uh, you don't want to miss a, an I dot or a T cross and, and have it affect somebody's overall retirement planning. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's very important. So if your father came into you, uh, you know, fast forward, it's not the late 90s, but it's now 2022 and he's in the same situation. You know, what would you have advised differently than than what that person did? I would have sat down with them and gone over what we did now and again, annuity rates were even higher back then. So, so there is a chance that he could have followed the exact strategies that I use for my clients and, and still lived a, a very good life, been able to, to, to you know, have his home, um, you know, continue to live in the home that he, 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 had, uh, he had with my mom. Um, you know, but I'd put you know, a portion of it again. I, it, it's about breaking down the math of it. 
and figuring out what those core expenses are. What do we need to do just to just to get by the way we want to get by? Um, you know, if we take for instance, right? If we're um, you know the the average household, let's say, right, and they need six thousand dollars a month in order to 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 live their comfortable life, right? And we have 5,000 of that coming from Social Security, right? Most people don't have pensions in today's world. But let's say we have 5,000 of that. Mama Bear's bringing in 2,500. Papa Bear's bringing in 2,500 in Social Security. So we're 1,000 short. But we've both done a good job in saving in our 401ks and our retirement accounts. And we got you know, six, $700,000 in that. Well, let's call it 600,000. If we can take you know, 100,000, 150,000 of that. And again, don't quote me on that. It's just kind of off the top of my head. We take 150 of that, we put it in a guaranteed income annuity. That's again, guarantees are based upon the claims paying ability of that, that carrier. But we put it in there and then that generates the thousand dollars that's gonna cover all our core expenses. Well, now if we take 150 out of that 600, we still have $450,000 that we can now get as aggressive as we can, you know, inside of the marketplace because we don't need that money. So what's that 450 for? Well, that's if I want to take a trip to Tuscany next year. Okay, I take it out of that 450. If my uh, my 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 son has it has a child and I want to give them a gift, um, you know, of ten thousand dollars a year or something like that to to put towards their future, we have that. That's coming out of that money as opposed to coming out of the money that we need. So do you, do you paint the picture? Do you visualize buckets with folks? I do. Yep. I, it, that's another strategy. So believe it or not, there's really three basic core, you know, when you go through this, this RIC, RICP program, they talk to you about kind of the, the different ways that there's, there is to retire. So people will think to themselves that, that I need that money. Uh, so it needs to be ultra conservative. Um, the, the truth of the matter is, um, you know, if we're 65 and we're retiring, um, there's a good chance that we're going to live to be 85. And if I told you I had a 20-year horizon, now you'd tell me, yeah, I should probably be aggressive with some of that money. So that's how that bucket strategy works. You have some conservative money. You have some money that's kind of you know, a 50-50, 60-40, 70-30 split. But then you still have some money that should be aggressively you know, invested. Um, again, depending on the client and the, <laughs> the needs and all of that. But there is a part of that money that does need to be more aggressively invested because there is a need in 20 years. And if I told you when you were 45, how should you be investing for when you're 65? You'd probably tell me pretty aggressively. Got it. Now, let's back up a little bit. And one of those buckets is legacy, right? I want to be mm -hmm. able to leave some to my family. How challenging is that conversation to have with somebody who is so focused on legacy that they're actually sacrificing their lifestyle? That happens. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you see it. I know you have the kind of the estate planning part of your, your practice. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some people that are quite literally living for their kids and their grandkids or, or not living because of their grandkids kids and grandkids. Well, I think by opening up that conversation of the strategies, they see that, okay, I'm still going to be able to live a pretty good life and still give a, 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 a great amount to my kids and my grandkids. Now, the other part of that conversation, keep in mind, is once we do have the core expenses, you know, taken care of, and it's funny because I make this joke with every client, it's not financial advice. I'm not recommending that you go to Vegas, but you could take the rest of that money and go to Vegas because it, it, it's not needed, right? If we 
you know, again, put all the stops in place. We make sure that all the core expenses are taken care of. We've inflation protected it. We make sure that both, you know, um, mom and dad are going to continue to get that money for the rest of their lives. We really don't need the rest of the money. The rest of the money is truly that legacy slash luxury money. Um, so we can get, again, if we consider, let's say we go back to our example of, you know, 600,000 and 150 going in, right? So we have about 25% of our overall portfolio in something so conservative, it's guaranteed, right? So if you have a 75-25 portfolio and, and, and 25 of it is in a, in, is in a uh, very conservative bucket, well, that 75 can now be ultra aggressive. Now am I saying take 100% of that remaining money of that 450 and put it in 100% aggressive? No, that's probably not right but it allows us that freedom to become a lot more aggressive with the money remaining. And what's that money going to? Well, it's either going to our luxury, which we're probably never gonna spend all of in our life, and the rest is going to that legacy. So it gives people permission to kind of live their lives and spend the way they wanna spend while still knowing that the kids and grandkids are gonna get something. Again, I wanna steer away from you know that direct financial advice, but I have to come to this question because you come from a mortgage background. What's the best strategy around mortgaging your home and, and managing your mortgage debt? Yeah. So, so again, this is not professional advice because everybody's a little bit different, right? So I'm not giving professional advice, but we've had this conversation before that, that I'm not a big fan of a 15-year mortgage. I'm also not a fan of people paying more on their mortgages, right? And, and, and what's funny is I, I use an example so much, I can almost quote it verbatim, but I, I do have an example right here in front of me. If we took kind of your average America, right? And they have a $350,000 mortgage and they have the choice. I did look up, you know, kind of current rates. I don't know, they may even be over five now, but I, I got today's 30 year at four and a half and 15 at 3.875. So if we do a $350,000 mortgage, right? And we do a 30 year at four and a half, that is a payment of 1773 a month. Roughly, there's some pennies in there. If you do the 15 year at 3875, it's 2562 a month. So it's about $790 difference. It's $789 more for the 15 year period, right? So let's do this. If we take that 789,000 and we put that in an investment account that earns, let's say 8%, which is kind of like the, if you Google that, not Brian O'Leary saying it. If you Google it, it's going to say right around 8% on the S&P index. The $789, not $1,000. Right, correct. Yeah. The $789 a month yep. for the 30 years at 8%, you would have, you would have ultimately had $1.183 million okay, put away. If you instead did the 15 years and then took the entire 2562 from the end of the 15 years to that 30 year point at 8%, you'd only have 892,000 for a difference of $291,000 more inside of the 30 year by putting the money away, okay? Now, you're gonna pay more for the 30 year because you're paying it for a longer period of time and the interest rate's a little bit higher. So you're gonna pay 177,120 more to the 30 year, okay? But even if we subtract that from the 291, you still have $114,000 more in your account by going with the 30 year than you do by going with the 15 year. It kind of lines up with the whole, should I pay more on my mortgage, right? 
and I tell you, I say this story to everybody. So if you pay more on your mortgage, let's say, you know, the common rule of thumb that if you make an extra mortgage payment a year, it normally cuts off about three years off of your mortgage, right? So let's say we have a, a $2,400 mortgage, right? So we pay $200 more a month. We pay $2,400 more a year. Over a 10-year period of time, we've put $24,000 more in. Over a 20-year period of time, we've put $48,000 more into the bank, okay? And you've given that money to the bank, and you've said, go ahead. You make the interest on it. I don't want that interest. You make the interest on it. So now 10 years in, you've given them $24,000 more, and a rainy day comes up. Right? And a rainy day for most people are, I lose my job, I get sick or hurt, and I can't work, and I need that money. I can't make my mortgage payment this month. Well, what do you have to do to get that 24000 you were so nice to send the bank every month? Well, you got to apply for another loan, and they're going to charge you interest to get your money back. Not only that, if you're out of work, you may not even get the mortgage. Now they're going to foreclose on your house and say goodbye. So if instead you took that money and you put it in an account in your own name, and now at the end of that 28 years or 27 years, if you want to pay off the house, you have the money to pay off the house and you kept all the interest on it. Okay. But if I need it in 10 years, I can draw from that account. I get $24,000 plus interest in it. I have money that I can continue to make my mortgage payment until my rainy day goes away that you don't have inside of the, inside of the, uh, the bank. So I, I, it, it's, it's, it's something my father taught me. I lived by until I got into this, this, this industry and I started rethinking it. And I'm like, that makes no sense at all. But it's just kind of that you know, uh, general knowledge that everybody you know, kind of passes that, that nobody thinks about, right? It's, it's, it lines up with your 401k thinking that everybody says, oh, you know, put my money in a, in a 401k. And, and, and the 401k, you know, if you believe interest rates are going to be going up, well, 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 why are you going to put your money away and not pay taxes on a low interest and a low uh, tax environment to pay them in a higher tax environment, right? So this is part of the conversations that I have with people. How do you feel? A, a big part, one of the best expressions I ever heard before about this industry is part of it's done with the calculator, part of it's done with the couch, right? <laughs> that a lot of times it's not even the math of it. It's how does it make you feel about it? Because at the end of the day, as long as it's a sound practice, you still have to feel good about it, right? So, so it's not just about saying this is what will work for you. It's how do you feel about this working for you as well? So, you know, a big part of that is just being honest and, and having honest and open conversations with your clients. So again, as you know, times can be challenging as people enter retirement. I know there's a lot of anxiety around it. What happens if they did already pay off their mortgage? Do you ever advise reverse mortgage strategies to offset the market? Depending on the clients, yes. Yeah, I like, I, I, I do, um, you know, and again, that RICP is about, you know, mortgage practices. It's about uh, assisted living. It's about housing. It's about, you know, retirement in its whole, in its entirety. Um, but yes, uh, reverse mortgages are absolutely right for some people. Uh, a lot of people don't understand it. Um, you know, I see uh, uh, Frank Reagan talking about it all the time on the television, Tom Selleck there, uh, but he's, um, you know, it, it, it's not what it was 10, 15 years ago, the, the reverse mortgages, um, you know, and everybody gets scared. They think that the, it's just the, uh, the government's going to come in and take your house away and sell it. And um, as you know, that's, that's not how they work. Um, you can collect an income from it. 
um, you can collect a lump sum from it. You can take a lump sum and an income. Um, and in essence, all it's doing is instead of paying down your mortgage, you're adding to your mortgage with an interest rate as well. Um, it can help some people that are in a, in a bind for income, create a supplement to their income. Um, and at the end, there's, there's, there's no kicking you out of your house. It's the family has the ability to sell the house. And if the, um, the payouts have, have accumulated to let's call it 300,000 and the house is worth 400,000, then the family still gets to keep that additional hundred thousand dollars. So, or they have the option to come in and buy it for the 300 or whatever they want to do. But for the right people in the right circumstances, absolutely, it does, it does help. I, I've always seen it as a, as a nice tool, financial tool in a down market, right? Why would you want to mm -hmm. pull money out of the market in a down market when you can take it at a, at a fixed rate out of, out of your home? And again, like you said, the money's basically buried in your backyard if, if it's in the equity of your home. So let me ask you this, Brian, how do you find your clients? Probably 90 to 95% of my clients nowadays come from referrals. So it's, it's people that are satisfied and happy with what I do. Um, you know, I, I start every conversation with clients on, on how I'm compensated. And one of the easiest ways to explain, you know, one of the ways that I'm compensated is if you find that the, you know, the, the, the work that I do makes sense and, and you think I'm a good guy. I'm hoping that you introduce me to some people that would also uh, want to work with me. So that's a big part of how I build my practice um, is by taking care of people, explaining everything to them, sometimes painfully so. Um, you know me, I can, I can kind of go and go, but I like to make sure I talk to everybody like they're in, in third grade when it comes to finance, because I can, I can be talking to somebody who has a doctorate in economics and I could be talking to the guy who sweeps his floors. If, it, if I under talk to the doctorate, he's just going to say, yeah, you know what, that, that, that guy you know, really breaks it down simply, right? If, if I over talk to the guy that sweeps his floors, he's not going to get it, right? And, and that scares me more than you know, losing, losing the doctorate because I, 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 uh, I, I over explain something. Um, I, I want to make sure that my clients understand what they're in and, the, and they know what they're getting and they're comfortable with it. So sometimes I go, on and on and on. And there's just some people, and I know you know this, like I, I wouldn't be able to look at a piece of art and say, wow, that's a piece of art, right? But there's some people that look at numbers and finance and go, I, just, it, I don't get it, Brian. And I explain it over and over and over again until they get it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me to, to have somebody not know what they're doing. Yeah. And I think by doing that, then they talk to their friends at the parties, right? So maybe somebody who's listening today who's been making extra mortgage payments on his, uh, 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 extra payments on his mortgage goes, hey, you know what? That makes sense. Why would I be doing that? But now maybe he's at a barbecue in a couple of weeks because the weather's getting nicer. And somebody says, yeah, no, I know. I, I make extra mortgage payments. And he can tell them, right? No, I listened to this guy on the, on the podcast the other day. He said, don't do this. So uh, you know, it's, it's about creating good, like I said, good life strategies, keeping them. It's, it's not just when you're in retirement, you got to do them, you know, your whole life. But uh, there's a lot of really old school way of looking at things that I can't imagine even the mortgage thing made sense at any point. But, <laughs> but, but like some of the 401ks, yeah, I mean, if you got one in the 70s, when they were late 70s, early 80s, when the tax rates were through the roof, and you put money away in that high tax environment, and now you're taking it out today in a very low tax environment, it worked exactly the way the government expected it to work for you. Uh, but if we're putting money away today, 
and we have you know five wars going down on four different fronts. We got Medicare and Medicaid in shambles. We got Social Security running out. We have 10,000 people a day turning 65 still in the baby boomers for the next few years. And oh, by the way, we're $30 trillion in debt, right? Do you think tax rates are still going down? For most people, that answer is no. Um, so so, so to, to put money away and have it taxed now, or I'm sorry, not have it taxed now in a low tax environment to pay it in a higher tax environment doesn't make a whole lot of sense for, for a lot of people. And you can say, yeah, but you know, I'll be taking less money out. Well, if you look back to back when the 401k was established, the lowest tax rate was the same as the highest tax rate is today. So just because your tax bracket may be a, a lower tax bracket doesn't mean that tax is still going to be a lower tax. Huh. Does that make sense? It does. On the radio? It's, 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 uh, <laughs> I know it makes sense when I'm kind of indicating it here in front of us with the, with the hands, but it, it's it, interesting, it makes sense but, on the radio. You know, folks can actually rewind that because it is that's that's golden nuggets right there that uh that you're delivering because that's really important information that that i'm not sure people really think about right because they hear those those statements you know make double payments to your mortgage you know max out your 401k sometimes those statements you know once we're good may not be anymore right same with the depression era pay off your mortgage so the bank doesn't take it back well you know, the bank's not going to just decide that they need that money and take it back. They don't have the ability like they did on demand back in the days. Right. Question for you. Yes. Somebody sits with you, they set up a strategy, they've got a plan in place, they feel really good, and they want to sit down on Google and put a review together for you. What does that sound like? Hopefully, he was a great guy. He explained everything fully. Um, you know, he took the time to learn not only about me, but my family. Um, you know, a lot of times when I work with a client, I do work with the entire family uh, for a multitude of reasons. Number one, like we talked about, um, you know, it's the earlier you can get started, the, the, the better off the planning becomes with that compounding interest. Um, and then the other side of it is, you know, I have clients that are very high net worth and they get concerned. You know, we joke about it all the time. If my kids only knew what I was worth dead, um, you know, I, I may not still be living. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, they just want to keep it close to the vest because that's the way that their parents taught them to do it. But here's the problem with that. If you have a, uh, you know, let's say you're, 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 we're going to bring up a source subject here, right? We're going to say Tom Brady. Let's say that Bill Belichick worked with Tom Brady every day. That's all he worked with was Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady can throw a 70 yard laser. The problem is he's throwing it to a receiver that has no idea how to catch the ball because we never took time to talk to him, right? And, and, and coach him. So it's about making sure that not only um, are, the, are the, the, the parents, for lack of a better word, taken care of, but the kids know how to receive that money, right? And what should be done. And, and again, a big part of that, as you know, is different types of trust planning and estate planning, making sure people have wills and powers, powers of attorney, healthcare proxies, all of those things set up for that kind of reasonable, reasonable transfer. But Go back to your question. I apologize. I went off, uh, went off on a tangent there. That's all right. You know, I don't normally do that either. Right, right. <laughs> Be ready, folks. Budget your time when you're sitting with Brian. <laughs> but you're going to learn. You're going to learn, too, as you can but see. The, 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 I hope that they say, you know, he, he, he took the time to get to know me, get to know my family, my goals, my strategy, my, 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 uh, my, my thoughts, and, uh, and put together some strategies that I know I'm going to get there with. So, um, so 
Brian, I know that you've heard some of the other podcasts. And one of the things we want to do is uh, we want to get everybody together, right? There's a great catalog of professionals on there. In fact, there's a reverse mortgage specialist on there that I'd love to connect you with at some point by the name of uh, David Tortolot. But when we get together and we're going to network, and I know that's part of where you uh, capture some of your business. You said there's referrals, but I know networking is part of it also. Mm -hmm. On tap, we're going to have an icebreaker. And that icebreaker is going to be karaoke. So Brian, you're you're next up on the stage. What are you singing? Wow. I don't know. Is it Mariah Carey a little out of my range? Do you think? (laughs) Never. I I don't know. I'd probably, maybe Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? As I told you, I, you want to, you want to lose listeners. It's it's probably through me singing karaoke. There's there's oh. there's no easier way to lose a crowd than me singing karaoke. I get a I get a I get a I get a face for radio and a and a voice for my bathtub. That's, uh, uh, that's kind of the only the only place for uh, for my voice. But, but I'd, I'd probably go. Yeah, I mean, if I had a you know a couple of couple of libations and a little bit of the sacrament, yeah, maybe 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 we'll get me up there. <laughs> but uh, I'd uh, I'd need I'd need an Uber home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, you know me. I mean, I, I, I grew up in Dorchester, Mattapan. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. There's not a whole lot of things that I shy away from. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I would certainly do it, but it, it would, uh, it would, it would be a lot of fun, I'm sure. <laughs> fun for all, but you know what? We'd all be there supporting you and singing along with you. So it'd be great. And I'm probably not going to be the best, and I'm more than likely not going to be the worst. Right. In my own head, I don't exactly. have any idea what that. Is what that's going to look like on paper mark but <laughs> i love it now the most important question of all brian if someone wants to sit down with you and and create a strategy with you what's the best way to connect with you yeah so um there is uh you can go to my website um i have um it's uh www.semperfig.com so it's semperfig.com and it's for semper finance and insurance group um, which is originally going to be the name, and then it just stayed with Semper Financial Group. Um, they can go on there. There's a, a, a they, they can book time with me. First, usually that we what we do is a 10 to a 15 minute, just kind of an introductory call. Do you like me? Do I like you? Does it make sense for us to to schedule uh, a longer period of time? Um, sometimes people are just looking for information, and 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 you know that's done in a 20 minute, half hour phone call, and they feel good about what they're doing. Um, but most times it takes a little longer of a sit down. I don't charge for uh, initial consultations. That's not uh, not anything that I do. And then you know there, I can get paid different ways. It really depends upon the client, their budgets, what their assets are, and what it is they're looking to do. But that's all detailed even on the website. It shows. Um, you know, the different ways that, uh, that, that the different parts of my practice and what we do with people. So that website, folks, will be listed in the show notes down below. Brian, thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.